It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, I have Aaron Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, a definite improvement of mood from last week. I, I'm going to have to eat some words. Even, <laughs> though I, even though the Cardinals series hadn't even happened at the podcast, a lot has happened in the last week. It has. And so what we're going to do, we talked about this at the end of the podcast last week, but we're going to split it up because with everything that's happening now, and especially so many other uh, Wisconsin sports starting to open up in different ways too, we want to make sure we cover things and don't just blow by, you know, uh, I mean, the, the Packer game needs coverage and the Brewers stuff needs actual coverage at this point. And the Badgers are just going to get it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but we yeah. want to do a And, and the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks are going to need coverage in a couple weeks here because how Very can we so. deny the championship team the nope. coverage they so deserve? Exactly. And hopefully we can get... Um, give me the name. I'm sorry. Pete, Pete, Pete Owen. Yeah. Hopefully we can get Pete Owen to, to give us a little bit more background to get prepped for this year. Um, looks like a, a decent team. We did draft a bunch of crazy names as we talked about... I don't know, a month ago when they had the draft. A Bucks, Bucks, Bucks season yeah. ticket holder, Pete Owen. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk in this podcast, just the Packers and Badgers football. We're just going to be a, pack, a football only podcast here and we'll get you another one. Uh, we will record right after this. We're going to cover all the rest of Wisconsin sports stuff and you know, make sure that we give the Brewers their due at this point too. But we'll get everything going. First off, we need to remind you. We need to remind you of these things sometimes. Just just because it comes up, that I can be followed on Twitter. This show can be followed on Twitter. Aaron can be followed on Twitter. In fact, I'm at Not So Humble Host. I give it to you right at the beginning of the show. It's easy. Also, the show is at Scotty Johnny Pod. Aaron, you're on. You're out there in the Twitterverse, working your Twitter magic. I, 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 I am John. I'm at Cheddar Talk. And this last week here, I, I picked up some uh, high flyers. I uh, got a couple guys from 97.3 The Game to follow my my <laughs> bit. And then uh, I had Tom Crabtree uh, commenting on a couple things. Yes. And uh, yes, because he said something very vulgar on Twitter. And I liked it. <laughs> it's Crab is such a good follow. <laughs> it's Crab. At, at It's Crab. And so, uh, yeah, no, uh, it's, it's been a fun week. And it, 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 a lot of it had to do with Saturday, Sunday, and uh, me apologizing for last week about uh, being the, the nervous Nancy Brewers fan. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and then uh, last night, just uh, a, a feel of relief from the Packers game, which we are going to talk about now. All right. Well, let's roll right everything into what we like to call here our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Okay, main event is going to start with Packers. That's the way it's got to go. We got to start with that game. And I'll tell you, uh, we are, I don't know, 37 seconds from a completely different podcast here, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, 37 seconds or a um, um, after that first big play, it would have been a Hail Mary for the next play. Um, Devontae Adams just absolutely getting wide open Ugh. twice on two plays. Like, I, I I can't even tell. Yes, you were right, though. 37 seconds away from a completely different podcast. But uh, let's not run the end of the game first. Let's let, let's let's run well, let's, through from the beginning. Like, like, I this. couldn't believe we're up seven. The, the Packers were up 17. Nothing. Yeah, they got up. They got up right away. And it really looked like this game could have could have ended in that first half. Packers took the opening drive, went down, got the field goal. Didn't feel horribly happy about that because they were in a better position and a couple bad penalties and a couple bad plays backed them up from. They were down at the fifteen, right? They're down at like the bad 15. penalties were the the bad penalties were the, the, the these the, were legitimate the, penalties the, though. In in that first opening drive, the penalties called were legitimate penalties against the Packers. They were they were dumb right. plays. Um, and so yeah. Uh, and a couple Fair kind enough. of backwards plays over sack, and we ended up from going from the 15 back to getting a, a long field goal from Mason Crosby to start things off. Um, get a, a a good setup, get the ball back right away, and then went down and got the got a, a touchdown out of it. So it worked out really well in that regard that they were able to get up 
and, and really get things going quickly. Uh, I said early in this game, Rodgers had the touch, right? I mean, like you yeah, watched I think him. He, he, was he, started, he started 10 for 10, right? Something like that, at least. I mean, he was he was on it. And some of those passes, yeah. I mean, he hit he hit some of those ones down the sidelines that you're just like, oh, man, if he's got that, just this is done. Yeah. This, this game's over. Right. Um, right. It was going to be a, a just an entire game of deciding whether or not the defense could keep up with our offense. Like our defense could keep up with our offense. I mean, the the mm-hmm. 49ers had some injuries, but um, the biggest ones, of course, coming into the game, the worry was Eric Armstead wasn't going to be able to play. I mean, it wasn't our worry, but it was the 49ers' worry because he's big in their game. Having him on the opposite side of, of Bosa is is just huge for them. So. Having him hurt was bad, but he was active. He played the whole game. He had a sack in this game, I believe, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he had a couple I good pressures. I, yeah, I think he got home at least once. So He was there early, and there was some decent pass rush from them early. <laughs> the biggest one, it almost changed a lot of the tone of the game. It's an unspoken play, I guess, but it didn't get a ton of talk, but it is, is definitely making the rounds on Packers Twitter. You've probably already seen it where Bob Tunyon just takes Joey Bosa's soul as it's described in the right. tweet too. Which, which which I think was thing which I think was only fair because they kept playing that uh that uh clip of uh who's seventy one left tackle for the Niners. Um oh uh Trent um Williams. Yeah Trent Williams when Trent Williams got out ahead of Trey Lance and shoved uh um Eric Stokes to the ground it's like he just murdered him on the outside. It's like it's Eric Stokes. He's a small cornerback going up against a full size left tackle. He should be able to push Eric Stokes to the ground, no problem. So I, I liked seeing later on, you know, having watching Tanya and Barry Bosa, which also, too, I, I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure we got to it. So Bosa started off the game, and you remember, like, Collins were, you hate to see when he gets his leg going. When his leg starts kicking, you know he's going to get inside. And Bosa was, Bosa's good, you know, yes, and he was yes. getting in the backfield. He was being disruptive. He kind of disappeared down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else notice that? Yeah, it was definitely noticed by a couple of people. He, uh, he I, I noticed, stretch, it, I yeah. noticed it, and it was punctuated by that Tanyan play, and it was because they they identified and they eliminated like, okay, Bosa is the biggest threat because the cornerbacks were both out, especially once uh, Ramsey. No, they have Jalen Ramsey. No, no, they don't. You're thinking the Rams. Uh, yeah, no. No, Who, who's, corner, who's cornerback that got, that got injured? Both, um, both their top corners went out in this game. So, yeah, they yes. were they were, they were starting just absolute nobodies in the back end of that game. Just it was getting, I'm having a brain fart. That's fine. Right. So, <laughs> so, so the backfield wasn't the problem. Bosa was going to be the problem, and they eliminated him. And that hit by right. Tunyon, right. clean, was completely clean. He got him up in the shoulder in the front. It's the equivalent to like a crack back block. But as long as you're not like side, you know, yeah. it, it was a clean, it was a good clean play. Dude, and yeah, Bosa was eliminated on the play. And that's all you can hope for. Right? Yeah. No, it was clean. It just, just came and knocked him straight down. It, it was a fantastic block. And it really did kind of change some of the tone. They chipped him a little bit from there. Um this is one of the problems the Packers were looking at is that uh, Daphne was not going to be in the game. And Daphne's played very well in that H-back spot. We talked about it last week. He's looked really good mm-hmm. in that position. And, you know, and those, as they say, Indiana State is just tight end you, right? I mean, that's what people say, I think. <laughs> yeah, right behind, right behind <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got two of them. Um, and there have to be more, I would think. Yeah, I know, right? There might not be any more. Yeah. Uh, they might be the only Indiana State players in the NFL, as far as I know. And I can't think of another one. Uh, <laughs> they, they, could be, they could be. Yeah. I mean, Larry, Larry Bird does not play in the NBA, NFL. So, uh, I, yes. Then otherwise, I don't know anybody else from Indiana State. So I, I know one other guy. He was a guy I went to law school with, but he's not oh, yeah. athletic. Not athletic. So, <laughs> but with Daphne out, Tunyon had the highest snap count he's had. Uh, he had 46 snaps on offense. That's 73% of the offensive snaps in this game. So he was, I mean, he's been at 49% and 43% the last two games. He was in there to block. He was in there to chip and he was in there to, to be involved how, you know, in any number of ways and did, uh, did all of it. He did a good job even doing a lot of those, the dirty things that he needed to do there. So that was good to have him, you know, I mean, he just had to play more basically in this game and fill in for Daphne on some of those plays. It changed up how they ran things because they didn't run with that kind of fullback look, the offset eye look, the motion kind of H-back, fullback type setup that they were doing uh, the week prior. But they definitely went 
tight and heavy several times here. I mean, even Mercedes Lewis was in on 40% of the snaps and DeGuara is in on 27. So, I mean, like that is, that is tight and heavy trying to get those chips, trying to get those extra little hits there and receivers. No, and between, between, between the identical offenses, I saw more non, I saw more closed formations yesterday than I think have occurred in a, in a national league football or national football league game than since the forties. Like there was a bunch of ones where there was nobody split out or just a single dude split out. It was crazy because both teams run that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, Devante played, 89% 89% of the snaps, but in, you know, Lazard got kind of his normal range. He's he's in there with 42 snaps. That's basically exactly how he plays anyhow. MVS as well, uh, and Cobb got kind of his highest number yet so far. But yeah, Malik Taylor and Amari Rogers, the two of them have just seen pretty much nothing since week one. They, they only they only got in because uh, Devontae went down yesterday. That was the only because t- yeah. at one point, I think they went down and then MVS, who... We didn't even discuss that in the pregame, but MVS is still hurt too, right? I don't know that he's particularly still hurt. He played 63% of the snaps. He played 40. He played about as much as Lazard did in this game. Um, Anyways, so yeah, Malik so Taylor came in the game for a little bit, but that was after Devontae got hurt. So Right. He only played two snaps. Uh, Amari Rogers got two snaps. I don't know. I expected more from Rogers at this point. Amari Rogers, that is, of course. He didn't play at mm-hmm. all against Detroit, other than I think he has the punt returns. And his punt returns haven't been particularly good. I mean, well, they're, they're and, very know, Ken, 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 Ken Engels, the resident uh, CPA at uh, uh, on Twitter, he uh, <laughs> he totals it up for us, so I don't even have to go look. But at, through three games, uh, receptions, uh, receiver receptions for Rogers through three games, Devontae Adams twenty five, MVS six, Lazard three, Cobb three, ESB one, Amari Rogers, Malik Taylor zero. Hmm. So it's been. It's been, you know, and we were talking about this before the game too. It's, it's, it, it's a weird thing. Um, we were talking at the office today about, uh, Devonte Adams too. And it's, it's an odd thing that, you know, we're old enough to remember, we're old enough to remember Sterling Sharp. Right. Yeah. And the relationship he had with Aaron or with Aaron, uh, ugh, with Brett Favre, <laughs> too many, huh, too many references there too quick, yeah. but you know, and if you're a child that, you know, was big into sports like we were, what we were 10, 11 years old when Sterling Sharp yeah. was playing with uh, Aaron Rodgers, or with Brett Favre. <laughs> it's been a while, I am right? losing. I am losing. 17 years and you have to go back. But, but we kind of saw that yesterday with with Devontae Adams is that he can't be, he will be open at some point and Aaron Rodgers is just locking in on him and yep. not to a fault, not like a young quarterback in the league who locks in on his number one wide receiver because he's too scared to look anywhere else. He's looking for a safety blanket. Aaron Rodgers knows that Devontae Adams will be open at some point, especially when you don't have a healthy backfield. And it proved right numerous times throughout the game too. Like Devontae Adams is, he's become a a monster at the wide receiver position. He he can't be covered and he uh, catches everything that comes near him. At this point in his uh, career, yes. He had drop problems yeah, um, sometimes, actually, but yeah, he's much better now. Yeah, yeah, he actually had a drop last night, I think, if I remember correctly, like just one. But I mean, so he's not still he's not totally prone. He's not still that pro. He's not still drop proof, but he is. Um, yeah, yeah, he and he's gotten big too. He's on the he's eating whatever Giannis is eating, <laughs> and working out however Giannis is working out because that dude's packed down some muscle in the last couple of years, and yeah, uh, yeah he's unbelievable. Giannis anyway. is eating his bulls and pistons. Um, <laughs> so the Packers ran with their running backs, 25 carries between Jones and Dylan, 100 yards. Jones gets yep. another touchdown. Jones had, uh, 82 of those yards. And then also adds in, uh, what did he get on the receiving end? He got 14 more in receiving two catches by Dylan as well. So it's nice to see him kind of getting involved in that passing game a little bit. Biggest things in this offense that it looked like Rogers is in sync. This offensive line did Okay. I mean, they had everybody they wanted on the front of that 49ers defense for the most part. I think they're missing one D tackle. But, I mean, we are starting (laughs) – the Packers have two all-pro just offensive linemen, right? And they were both out. Elton Jenkins did not play. Bakhtiari is obviously still not playing. And they're playing – they're rolling out there with two rookies and Nijman. You know, like, (laughs) this is – this is not the setup you want for your MVP quarterback in what is likely his right. last year here. You're saying, like, this is a big game against an undefeated, I mean, 2-0, and undefeated still, 49ers right. team. And this is a, a team that has really kind of bugged the Packers in the last, I mean, by saying recently, I mean, 
Two years ago, they beat us twice. They thumped us twice and kept us out of a Super Bowl. Em- em- embarrassingly beat us twice in the yeah. same season. And then the Packers Including did. A, a Sunday yeah. night game yeah, yeah. and the NFC Championship game. Very high-profile games. Yeah, they were not close either one. No. Um, but, yeah, uh, this is one of those just you, you want to beat this team. Uh, you want to make sure you're not playing them back there again if you don't have to. Mm. And, yeah, also LeFleur and and, um, and Shanahan – they don't seem to like each other. <laughs> so right. before we get to that, cause I have a whole thing I want to talk about that. You're right though. So like you're missing the two best pieces of your offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogers was in Myers face a couple times last night. Like, and, and they were, they were teasing about how uh, Ohio state linemen need to talk to each other before getting drafted by the Packers. Cause if you're a center, you're sooner or later going to get chewed out by Aaron Rodgers. But for the most part, that offensive line was amazing last night for not having Jenkins and Bakhtiari, you're by far two best linemen. They played very respectably. And at one point they were pushing around that 49ers defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of times they, they got really good push. They really were like, they were, they were moving them around. Rogers had, uh, Rogers had some pressure sometime and that's to be expected against good front seven like that. But uh, there was other times Rogers had, plenty of daylight or pl- pl- plenty of time to sit in the backfield and look for daylight down there. So it was, uh, I, I, I was very impressed with them. They played very well last night. So, but anyways, on to the yeah. next thing, the juicy part, <laughs> the juicy part. What, what are you referring to? I guess. Oh, the Lafleur uh, Shanahan. Oh, bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you watch them all the way through the game, like several of us did, uh, they definitely just kind of walked past each other when they shook, by shaking hands, I mean like they both kind of reached out and then walked away. They did mm-hmm. not slow down in any way, and Lafleur is basically not even making eye contact. Just continues to walk past him. You can see he reaches a hand out, says "good game," and just walks off. Well, and, that's that's maybe what you thought he said. I read something else, but anyways, uh, <laughs> no. Sure um, right. and, and if you notice, besides just some of the some of the. Hmm. I wanted to call up all my Vikings friends or text them last night and go here. Here's what it's like to have the referees ruin a game. Watch yep. this. Right. Cause that's what the game was <laughs> yes. last. I mean, and there was some against the Packers too, but there was some just ridiculous things like the non, I mean, the non, uh, uh, um, intentional grounding call that was made. I mean, I thought for sure that when Garoppolo threw that ball backwards at one point that they were going to call that an incomplete pass. Yeah. Until it was obvious. Like it looked like they were discussing whether or not it was an incomplete pass. And it was like, no, that dude was facing the wrong end zone when he spiked it into the ground. And, and he, so he got turned around and it, what he's trying to like he was trying to make an argument, which really confused me for a bit, but I was like, is he trying to say, look, I'm trying to throw over there as if you were concerned that the issue was that he was grounding the ball? We're like, Man, I don't care if you were right. grounding, that ball went backwards. It went from your front that, foot to the back foot. And like, then you released Stokes, it backwards. Then, then, Stokes getting called for that that one pass interference Stokes got called for was garbage ridiculous like not even that was third and long that was was third and ten right yep and then Jair's hitting the quarterback (sighs) roughing the roughing the passer when he he literally put his hands on Garoppolo to stop himself from hitting him like if you look his hands hit his back because Garoppolo is yeah, ducking. In, in, in a non-aggressive that. way, he didn't shove him down or anything. Like It was like a, a, a shock absorber to not hit him. There I was, mean, there was a – and the thing is, these penalties came on third downs a lot. A lot of them were coming uh, – it was, it was unbelievably I, – I, I almost was pulling out the conspiracy theory card. <laughs> but anyways, back to – so yeah. beyond all that, it, it seemed like Lafleur was pretty keyed up last night regardless. And – <laughs> I can't decide if it's because of those two butt whippings back in 2019 and then, um, you know, just not good success recently versus the 49ers. Or if it's, you know, that Mike Silver, love him or hate him, put out a, a lengthy thread that Grant Pills read at length on the air today <laughs> on his Whis- Wisco Sports show, which... That wasn't the point of my text to him. Mine was, had you heard this? Because it is basically a long, drawn-out thing that basically Sala and Mike LaFleur were on a FaceTime call with uh, McDaniels from the 49ers prior to the draft, and they were just talking because they're all old friends, right? Yeah. And 
and Michael Fleur called out uh, Shanahan for, you know, this is after the news was broke by uh, uh, that Rogers wanted to leave just before the draft. And Mike LaFleur called him out and uh, Shanahan said something back to LaFleur about uh, tell your brother to answer my calls, you know, or to call me back. And Mike LaFleur basically saying, you know, can you blame him? you know, for trying to steal my, steal his quarterback, you know, and that's what all came down to. And I, I think that they really haven't, you know, Lafleur is a smart cat. He might be the smartest coach in the NFL. Sean McVay might be a little bit smarter, but uh, like, and Lafleur's is good at controlling what he says. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Shanahan yeah. has really been downplaying this whole thing between the two of them. Like it's some bad thing. I think Lafleur hates Shanahan for yeah. trying to pull, what he pulled yeah and not calling him first or whatever and you could tell they were keyed up and the packers came out rumbling and stumbling you're not <laughs> they came out rumbling not stumbling not stumbling and yeah. uh came out 17 nothing and then that shot at the end you would have sworn they won the super bowl on that <laughs> kick by crosby it was pretty fantastic so, they were very the, happy. The, the, the celebration when a kicker makes a long kick to end the game even in the fashion that they did they celebrated a little bit extra and Lafleur was especially, he looked, uh, how do I say this? He looked mad. Yeah, he even was in, not even celebrating. In, even, even, even in, even in victory, he looked yeah. mad. And yeah. um, I hope this is a start to, you know, Aaron Rodgers plays well with a chip on his shoulder. I think Lafleur has got a chip on his shoulder and, I, I'm I'm in a much better place mentally with this team right now than I was <laughs> one week ago today. Yeah, so I feel way better are. about them playing the Steelers coming up too. But yeah, no, <laughs> but the especially rest- with, did you see that highlight of Roethlisberger tripping over himself? Uh, yeah, but I say, <laughs> I'll say this: like you you mentioned this too. The, the refereeing in this game was weird. And um, talking with uh, Badger Noonan, Paul Noonan, Badger Noonan on Twitter, um, he he said something like the win percentage changed about 25% on those couple calls. Mm-hmm. Like it was a 25% shift based on the, the, the first off the, um, the, the call against Jair, the call against Stokes, which are very, just, those are ridiculous calls. And then the non-call on Adams, but still the Packers ended up pulling this out. It, the moment and, and they made and that don't, first and Don't catch. get me wrong. The Packers weren't, weren't the only ones who weren't beneficiaries of it because there was a call on a PI call on Adams on an uncatchable ball, but at least that call was based in some sort of truth and reality. Yeah. That guy did like, grab him and I mean, prevented him from turning the way he wanted to what, turning. I guess he would have never caught is, that ball. He would never caught that ball, but at least it's so, like yeah. in the spirit of the rule. Yeah, but I think man, they're saying like had he been able to Stokes keep his speed, he would have been close to the ball. So at least it's in the realm of reality. It that was a it was not a great call. If they would have not called that, I would not have been upset. It really wouldn't have. No. And and that was right after another one where they didn't call it, and I was like, mm-hmm. that was weird. There was one drive that particularly frustrated me where the Packers still had the the I think it was the six point lead. I'm trying to remember if it was a six or a three. They had the short lead. They had the ball and they had the opportunity to try to, to to do something, take some time off the clock, go down the field and do something. Rogers threw three straight deep balls, three balls yeah. that traveled 20 yards. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? and none of them completed, obviously, because there were right. only three and then we punted. I was like, what, what was that? And that was definitely right. Rogers calling his own plays because it sounds like he did that. Because if you listen to the, um, the press conference afterwards, talking about the play to uh, Devante, the one that got him to about the 50 yard line. Right. He said, it's one that they drew up in practice. It's a normal play they have, but sometimes they alter things in practice based on what they're seeing with the defense. So Rogers changed one route. He said, he said he did this. He said, I, sometimes I do this and I changed the route. I changed one of the routes and we ran it worked pretty well. And so we kept it in. And then right before we went out there, Matt, he says, Maddie told me, you know, why don't you run that one? So I called that one. And then the next they're like, so you, you called the plays like, well, Matt suggested it. And then I, I ran it. And then um, I called the next play. Aaron saying he called both those plays on his own. He's getting quite a lot of latitude in this offense is what it sounds like. Cause nobody's going to refute him on that. Obviously. He like was, you he said, was, he was going for, he was going for the dagger. And I, I knew it. Like when yeah, he was launching him too, he, he was does. just, he was going, he was trying to put the game away and he had wide receivers running against backup cornerbacks. And, 
the missed. Um, I mean, like they were open. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, those He's, guys were open routes. He just missed them that I, time, and he was good. Just he missed. Aaron them that had time. a good game, and he closed out the game very well. But you can, there's still spots of rust on his fastball, dude. Like there was a couple throws he missed last night. You can honestly tell that maybe he did take a little bit more of the offseason off than he wants to admit. But yeah. there was a couple throws that he just never misses those throws. Or there was some that were just like kind of bad. But I mean, I, I can't complain with the end result. But I, there I was think he'll a, get back were... to hitting those, though. That's the thing is, I think he'll get back to hitting those those routes as he goes. He's still getting better week to week, and I think that's if, gonna he, be key. if he would only work that out in the preseason. <laughs> Again, yeah, not during week three of the. You know, I, it's like I said, I can't complain. The All results right. are there. No, yeah, but yeah, um, I mean, you can definitely complain. Come on, Aaron, you're you're a United States soldier. You could always complain. <laughs> <laughs> and an, an enlisted one too so uh now i can spend a lot of time as an e4 i could we, really complain we told um, a lot of guys would come up to see him in iraq and they'd be like i was like hey how you doing man and like ah, i can't complain i was like you're really not trying very hard then are you it's <laughs> like look around you like this is garbage look at this place yeah <laughs> like you should so, be able to complain i i, yeah. I do want to bring up uh, the the final drive because we really didn't break it down yet and uh um, of course, the first time the Packers didn't have a lead in the game was with 37 seconds left. Um, and uh, yeah. we kind of alluded to it with the the Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams relationship, comparing it to Sterling Sharp, Brett Favre. And um, me and you were talking about this. The tweet that came out, you know, like 10 years ago was don't leave Aaron Rodgers with two minutes on the clock at the end of the game. He'll win. And then five years ago was don't leave him with a minute. And now it's don't leave him with 37 seconds. And I don't, th- I even said to Holly, cause we were being quiet cause it was a school night, you know? So we have to be kind of quiet. I said, just get Crosby to the 35 and he'll, yeah. cause, cause Crosby, I've never met the man, but I'll tell you what, he's more reliable and he has let me down less than many people I know <laughs> in my life. You right. know, Crosby yeah. kind of had a bad season and Crosby, He'll miss a field goal with like five minutes left in the second period when the game's tied 10-10. You mm-hmm. know, like, oh, wow, that was okay. Why did he miss that one? All right, well, I'll move along. But you think back to games like this one, the one against the Cowboys with the uh, the, the throw to, uh, what's his name, on the left side Jared line. Cook. Yep. Jared Cook right at the end. Like, whenever it comes up to within 55 yards to win a game, yeah. You don't want anybody else, except for maybe Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker's that dude, crazy. He's not human. That dude, that dude yesterday was, I couldn't, I'm like, of course it's Justin Tucker. Justin of Tucker's course the it's the Lions. He's, a, he's the greatest kicker of all time. And of course it's but, the Lions. <laughs> oh, of course it, of, of course Always it the Lions. Gosh. Yeah, I, I, just, I just see Kelvin Johnson like fainting on the sidelines after Rodgers threw that Hail Mary to... <laughs> To the uh, to uh, uh, Richard Rogers yeah. <laughs> to win the game, and the only time they ever led was in un, um that whole season. The only time they led was when the clock hit zero. Yeah, that whole game. Yeah, they, it was no, they, no, was, that entire season, both games. They had never oh. led the Lions in regulation that season. Right. It was a right. crazy statistic. They won both games, never led. Yeah, that's right. But anyways, so uh, yeah. But either way, so but uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I except for except for Justin Tucker, I would not trade uh, uh, Mason Crosby for anything. And that that guy's been unbelievable for this team for so long. And with a new battery in front of him too, with long snapper and punter. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that 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 says how good Devontae Adams was on both those long. You know, he gained 42 yards on two passes in under 37 seconds, and the Bears only got 47 yards all day yesterday. Great, by the way. Um, my favorite one. So bad. My favorite one is the Bears had 47 yards of, of total offense. That's less than what Justin Tuck's field goal was. Right. <laughs> right. That's even better. That's Way so less good. than Tucker's field goal. Uh, but uh, the fact that Devontae Adams was running that wide open. When you know he's going to him, that says how good Devontae Adams is. He can create separation like that. At any time, literally, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> you almost want to say just run the two-minute offense all the time and just let Devontae Adams get open because he will. But you don't want Devontae Adams touching the ball 56 times a game because he will get beat up really fast. Um, but he's a wide receiver. He'd love if they actually did that. Um, <coughs> so, But Crosby, man, I, I mean, I, I didn't doubt it when they lined up. The, the, the only thing that I doubted is I saw that dude diving in. I thought it was going to get blocked for a half second, but when it got through, I knew it was good. Right. Crosby's that 
good, man. Yeah, I was I'm not so actually glad because there was a time when he was almost gone. Yeah, and the that's smartest the thing. The smartest thing that Holmgren yeah. and Ted Thompson ever did was let him work through it and come out the other side. Because since then, he's been the he's been the rock on this team besides the quarterback. And you could almost argue the quarterback's not even really the rock anymore, but Crosby's always been here and he always makes everything. And I I think I love Mason Crosby and he, he's the best and he should go into the pro football hall of fame. Crosby's been there a long time. He did not, play with Holmgren. I think you said Holmgren. But yeah, McCarthy. I meant, uh, no, I yeah, meant yeah. McCarthy. Sorry. We've been bouncing yep. in a lot of different eras here today. I mean, we might confuse <laughs> anybody. I mean, like we might bring up Jeff Query or Perry Kemp. Who even knows? What, I did Wayne bring Fontenot? that up in conversation because I said Henry MVS is to Devontae Adams what Perry Kemp was to Sterling Perry Sharp. Kemp. Good old Perry Kemp. Because it's true. Look it up. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, the... um. The other thing, we finally got Jair to get his interception for this year. He, I mean, not just for the year. Hopefully, it's just the start of several. But he got his first pick of the year. That was fantastic. We finally saw Gary uh, getting through and making some real push this last game. Preston has quietly been nice. He's not been exactly – I mean, he set a very high bar for himself two years ago, being that guy across from from you know Zadarius Smith and getting a lot out of that there. But – Preston Smith held that edge very well against the run, which is one of his strengths, generally speaking, throughout his career. He was very good at that. The, the 49ers yeah. want to stretch you out and get outside and go. And they they mm-hmm. had a hard time doing that. They really had difficulty mm-hmm. getting to the edge. Um, and part of that is because, yeah, they were able to get out there and stretch that play out. And my goodness, is Devondre Campbell a fantastic offseason free agent signing? Um, mm-hmm. He has been oh, yeah, he was- everywhere. And he's a good tackler. He really when he gets yeah. there, he makes a tackle. He doesn't do it five yards downfield. He's doing it around the line. Um, he's been great. He's it's been fantastic. He's been I what was it? Jair said he's the best middle linebacker they've had since he's been here. <laughs> he said that two <laughs> well, weeks ago. Well, no, but but I was gonna say like he held his own with Fred Warner last night, which is saying something because Fred Warner's a, is he's a there. yeah. I he's agree. A beast. He's great. He's great. Fred Warner's unbelievable. But but Camp like he was keeping up with him like for making meaningful plays in the middle of the field. So Absolutely. Yeah, I mean is is he Fred Warner? No. I'm no. I'm, I'm not no. going to dabble that far into hyperbole. <laughs> but he he held his own last night very well and he moves around very well. Yes. So he did he did a good job moving around. He he came off on a couple kind of little um wheel route type passes little flare passes out there he got out to the running backs in the flat mm-hmm. uh yeah and we were able to stretch plays out get the cornerbacks to the line of scrimmage get the linebackers out there preston preston got a couple good pressures too um mm-hmm. a couple good plays there so i was very happy with that, that yeah play, i was happy to see him show up man that was great like i i, I this was year really he's sad been, when he kind of faded out last year yeah like, this year he's like, been eh. quietly nice he's, he hasn't yes. been a pro bowler type player this year but he has been consistently a steady player who is at least just kind of doing his job, if nothing else. We'd like to see him get a little more pressures, but he's been doing all right there. Kenny Clark just just abused Alex Mack. Yeah, he did. Um, Alex Mack, who was a fantastic center about five years ago. Uh, he, I mean, he him on that line with it was like Alex Mack and Joe Thomas and Plutonio uh, in, in Cleveland. That 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 offensive line was incredible. But yeah, I mean, Joe Thomas is retired, and Alex Mack looks like he could be because just uh, I mean, <laughs> Re- Clark, retired re- retired midway through the second oh. quarter and didn't tell the head coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny Clark just ate his lunch uh, just all game yeah. long. Uh, it was fantastic. So yeah, good plays on that defense, doing enough there. I mean, try to say what you will about this 49ers offense. That's a good offense. Their offensive line is definitely not what it used to be. Trent Williams is an all-pro tackle. Uh, some of those other guys are a little past their peak or too mm-hmm. young to really be what the what they had on that offensive line two years ago. Mm-hmm. But they got a good receiving core, and they got one of the top three tight ends in football right now. And yeah, they got they got Kittle, and they got Debo. Debo showed that he's Debo, still yeah. top ten wide receiver last night. Ayuk is still good. Godwin is still good. Yeah. They got several guys who can catch the ball, and our quarters look good. And Stokes definitely convinced me we don't start King again. Right, he can stay home ill from now on. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> this is why why he he was trying not to leave because <laughs> we're we're going to talk about it in the next podcast. Yeah. But Bob Uger always talked about how he was put on the disabled list for the '57 uh, World Series <laughs> with an illness, and it was because he was uh, 
the trainers injected him with uh, um, hepatitis. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I heard just before the game, Kevin King not playing that because due to illness. And I'm just like, they intentionally got him sick so he couldn't come with. Like, <laughs> just yeah. anyways. But uh, yeah, no, that that defense Stokes really held its own. And you know, arguments could be made. You know, like that. You know, well, the 49ers were on their third string running back and. The corners weren't playing. The Packers were playing without their two best linemen on offense. And tell me when and, the 49ers and start, and starting been. a inserting yeah. a rookie at cornerback. I mean, yeah. it's it, and plus not really having a really serviceable second receiver after Devonte Adams. Like MBS's touchdown catch was nice. Yeah, we we played and two. He, offensive made, he made a couple nice catches last night. Yeah, Packers played two see. offensive linemen who were playing college last year, and one guy who was on the practice squad. And it's like okay, right? Yeah, right. Well, and, don't and, don't and, give it. Uh, uh, what was the left tackle? Nijman. 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 Yeah, who I forgot was on the team until they said his name last night, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." They got him in the offseason. <laughs> Yash. <laughs> yeah, so like, oh, his name's like Yash like, too. Like, like that's a fake name from a Game of Thrones book. Um, right. Yash Nijman. You're like, no, yeah. that's not no, a person's no. name. But anyhow, um, yeah, no, he 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 wasn't great, but he's going up against Bosa. That's a rough first start to get. Bakhtiari's looked bad against Bosa. I mean, so there you go. There's your baseline for playing it's, left tackle against Bosa. Rough. And they did Which a good Bosa, job is, is helping that Joey, Is that Joey or Frankie Bosa? <laughs> Joey or Nick? Yeah, sure. That's Nick Nick Bosa. Joey's the one. I believe, with Joey's the one with San Diego. Either way, they're the, guy, they're the grandsons of a, a ferocious mob uh, gangster from uh, Chicago in the <laughs> 1940s. So, Fair enough. Along with... I don't know. Kumaro. Oh okay, oh okay yeah, yeah. I got I got to clean up a couple things, John. Too. Go ahead. Uh, jo- Josh Norman was the cornerback I was trying to think of. Not oh, Jalen yeah. Rand. Jo- Josh Norman is playing a uh, uh, cornerback who used to be very good in the league. And then uh, speaking of offseason additions, a really late offseason addition who is very welcome as long as we're congratulating people who are doing well and aren't going to get enough credit. How about our new punter? Oh yeah, yeah no Bojo. He's been great. Bojo is awesome a southpaw punter like that dude like every time he connects it's like oh that thing's hanging up there like jk scott was serviceable enough and had enough flaws with him that it was easy enough to like okay i get it but uh you know it's not like the vikings cutting daniel carlson and then it goes on (laughs) to the raiders to become the best place kicker you know coming up uh but yeah bojo's like bojo's legit like there was a couple punts he got a hold of last night that not only went long but they were in the air for a while too so they were coverable because that's one of the problems with if you kick it deep is that you know the guy has to back up 20 yards but he has 20 yards of open space too like bojo's been i mean how do we exercise his name bjorkes uh something like bjorkes okay something like yeah bojo i like bojo he's that was a great last second pickup too because i mean it's you know Ray Guy does belong in the Hall of Fame. A good punter. I mean, if any of us, anyone remembers Craig Hendrick, that yes. dude could turn a game with one kick. You then, know, yeah, like, then he went to the Titans. Titans. Yep. All right. Well, anyhow, big thing getting the Steelers next week. Uh, apparently, I'll be at that game, uh, so that should be hmm. fun. And uh, hoping that it'll be more interesting. Not sure Juju Smith-Schuster hurt in this last game. Ben Roethlisberger. I know, and looking... my wife beat me on our eighth anniversary because of that guy. So well, I had him in our league. Yeah. So I don't know. What oh, that means. yeah. I don't know if you're thinking of someone else, but Juju other league, other okay. league. He got hurt in the other league. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Not in our league together, but yeah. No, that was. Yeah. Uh, but congratulations, anyhow. Um, yeah, eight years ago. Eight uh, years ago today, you were in Duluth, Minnesota, with uh, only three kids. <laughs> Abby was Abby was newborn, just like Ruby. Yeah, so. but yeah, also, uh, I was saying congratulations to Holly on beating you. I guess it's more. I know no, she <laughs> beat me, she beat me on our eighth anniversary today. How That's great fantastic. is that? Good for. Her. I am uh, I am the worst team in our league, and it's not even close. Yeah, it's bad. But anyhow, just um, <laughs> yeah, those couple things. Looking forward to this. Don't know what we're gonna get in terms of their receivers. Um, uh, Deontay, however, he's he's also already hurt, so they've had some injuries in that receiving core. And you know, Ben Roethlisberger is looking all of eighty three years old at this point, and it's getting rough out there. But that defense is still good; they still that have tri- a that solid tri- defense. The tripping over himself yesterday was the most old man thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, 
That's something I would do if you put me out on an NFL field right now. <laughs> More so than Stolson getting stuck inside the Humvee rollover simulator. Well, yeah, that's a that's a Humvee rollover simulator, not you know an NFL football field. <laughs> at least then, there's yeah. things to get. At least there's things to get caught on inside that simulator, not you know a wide open grass field that with man, no one in front of you. That poor old man. Uh, yeah. Then they put him on painkillers. I don't know if you remember that part, but I do. Um, I do. Told first sergeant woke him up to see if he wanted to come to breakfast, and he goes, oh, "Look at the pretty colors." Like, Go back to sleep. <laughs> you are not you, going anywhere. You crazy old bass. <laughs> you crazy old man. <laughs> so, so yeah, and anyhow, uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at what the early numbers are yet. I can pull that up, I guess, to see what. And I was, I was right earlier. Remember at the end of the game, that's why uh, um, Taylor got in the game was because. Uh, MVS came up gimpy at the end of a, a route. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I do remember yeah, that. So he, I, I don't think he, he didn't come back into the game either because he had a hamstring deal. So that's not good for someone who's fast. No. So. As of today, it looks like um, Deontay Johnson, who's kind of the number one receiver out, Juju Smith-Schuster, questionable, TJ Watt out, Alex Highsmith, the linebacker out, Carlos Davis out. For the Packers, a bunch of questionable. Kevin King and Elton Jenkins still listed as out uh, as of today. Uh, Lancaster questionable. Yeah, he was hurt a little bit there. MVS questionable. Chris Barnes questionable. So, yeah, right now the spread is Packers 6.5 at home. Uh, Over-under is 45.5. That could be interesting. Still, um, Najee Harris is still going to be there. I mean, if they're smart, they're going to try to attack us running and try to attack us at running up, you know, oh, just kind of between the tackles somewhere, just off tackle maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I still think the Packers win this one because I think Rodgers, if he's at all on target like he's been the last two games, I, I don't care what defense he's playing. You know, like last year when we saw it, this, it didn't matter what the defense's DVOA was. The Packers were the number one DVOA offense. And they were just, it didn't matter who they played. They were going to get points. And I think the Packers get four touchdowns in this game and win it, you know, 28-21 or something like that, 28-20. I think they're just going to be better in this game than than the Steelers. And I think especially coming home, uh, I think they're going to have a good shot at that. And I think if Stokes is still playing, then that really helps too. <laughs> Unfortunately, I hate to say it to King. You know that, I mean, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows I have not been the one of those guys who's been bashing Kevin King since he got drafted. I was excited about the idea of him. I, I was interested in having him on the team. I've given him every opportunity. He, he's kind of a guy now, you know. I, I I I actually welcome Stokes doing better and getting the start. Yeah, because um, like I talked about a little bit last week, I think King playing nickel or dime back. Um, something else besides just, you know, being the opposite corner from, uh, and we even talked about, uh, opposite of Jair and, you know, of course they're not going to throw to Jair side. So they just pick on him. Well, it's, you know, get him back there in that third, fourth cornerback position, get him back away from the line. I think he'll be fine. I really do. I, I really think this might be a godsend for him if he's the third or fourth cornerback, because, He's always in the right place. He just, well, not always in the right place, hence the NFC Championship game. But, like, you know, that's a comment I heard about him once is that he seems to be in the right place most of the time but does the wrong thing when he's in that place. So, (laughs) you know, so get him into a place where he can have more time to react, and I think it'll be fine. He's a heck of an athlete, and I don't think he should be given up on entirely yet. But, you know, get him back. Let Stokes hold the opposite position. Because he's he's proven he proved yeah. on he proved last night he can do it yeah he, he, can, he, said, he can do it really well he reminds me of Jair Alexander when he was a rookie yeah. you know like he's got it so he's got that closing speed he's got that confidence and he's got God he's fast good he ability to get his hands fast, to the ball man. good ability to get his yeah. hands to the ball while it's in the air so I think Packers twenty eight twenty that's where I'm going at. Well, now after last night, I'm all on the Packers wagon. So let's uh, <laughs> let's just go forty two ten Packers. No, um, <laughs> that would be the most um, Aaron pick ever. That'd be so good. 
Because you're usually <laughs> very close on this, so I'd like for you to be right. But we both picked the Packers to lose last week. Yeah, I know. Well, I, you know, and just mumbling under my breath, I just, you know. No, actually, oh, I'm trying to think. You 27-24 was the score you picked. Uh, yeah, um, I was pretty close, but yeah. I, I, I just didn't feel real hot about the Packers. And frankly, I was almost right by 37 <laughs> seconds um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh uh no um i think going back to lambo i think with some renewed vin and vigor however comma you got to do that you know coming off a big victory bit you know so uh i think it'll be a little bit more of a low scoring affair uh pittsburgh's probably gonna be desperate to get a win and mike tomlin's not an idiot so no he's let's, not let, let's go um Let's go 38-17 Packers. 38-17. I'm writing this down. <laughs> Did you like that low-scoring affair? Let's go 38-17. 38-17. I'm going to 20-20. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's, let's let's that's end, this on, um, end this on a low note. Let's talk yeah, about this Badgers game because that was just, just embarrassing. Um, that's one of the worst. It was only embarrassing in the fourth quarter, to be perfectly honest. Well, it was embarrassing. Uh, mostly embarrassing in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I mean, the Badgers' defense is fantastic. And they kept, They're really good. They kept the Badgers right in this game for so long. And they had that lead, and I was kind of like, man, the, the defense could hold this. The defense could do enough to give them this win because it was 13 10. I mean, seriously, at the end of three quarters, it was ten to ten, yeah. right? I mean, like it was, it was a tie game after three quarters, uh, when the Badgers <laughs> finally got that touchdown, and then just kind of kept Notre Dame from doing anything for a quarter there, and it was ten ten, and then the Badgers got the field goal in the fourth quarter, and you're just like, my goodness, we're up thirteen ten, right? And then, seriously, like the defense did everything they could, and then special teams touchdown. Packers, Badgers get the ball back. They fumble. They fumble at the 46, which leads to a touchdown. Um, right. Then the Badgers do get 41 yards and miss a field goal. Then, you know, we're able to hold them to a punt. Then interception. Notre Dame is held to four plays, four yards, and then kick a field goal. Well, the fourth play was the field goal. And then mm-hmm. pick six, pick six to end it. Just the offense gave up two touchdowns and special teams gave up a touchdown. And that's how the game well, basically fell away. Like, and then they, they yeah. gave up an interception and a fumble, which led to 10 other points. Do you suppose Leonard wants to go back and take that offer to go be the defensive coordinator of the Packers I, right now? I'll tell you this. I am tired of, the, of Packers fans trying to trash Leonard for anything at this point. Cause it's getting kind of ridiculous. They're like, he didn't want to go because he's, he just wanted to be able to walk around and even though they lose it, not be his fault, then get blamed for it. I was like, shut up. You know what he likes? He's living in a great city he enjoys. Like, no. He likes Madison. You're going to pay him more? Because I bet you don't. His job safety there is so good. I'm not trashing him for that. I'm just, I just I said that from like a perspective of like, oh my God, like who would have known it would have turned like this? Because basically it's his defense versus, you know. Which is fine. He's in for that. I mean, the other people right. think people are saying like, "Oh, is he the heir apparent?" Like, maybe, but is Chris going anywhere soon? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, well, he might be after. I don't know. <clears throat> I still don't think so. Going. I think the biggest problem with Chris at this point is he should have been able to get something out of Mertz and the trash talking on Mertz. I mean, who is it? Like twenty-one-year-old kid is mm-hmm. is kind of crazy because he he showed you he can throw the ball. The touch he showed against Illinois and Michigan last year showed you he can make those throws. They're like, well, he was in an air raid offense in high school. Like, do you mean? I mean, Baker Mayfield was in an air raid offense basically at Oklahoma. I mean, it's just throw the ball everywhere, up and down the field. Um, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes was in an air raid offense in college. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is like, yes, you, you can't play that style, but it shows you can make the throws. He can make right. the throws. He has the arm to make the throws. He is short arming things. Because, I mean, watch the number of, of long balls where he's got guys deep. Um, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, and Shamari Dique were all open deep. They were past the coverage. And he missed all of them several times on deep balls. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is he's not stepping forward. Because he's afraid he's going to get hit. And that's yeah. not good. I mean, he's turned yeah, into kind of nothingness there. 
I can't believe I can't believe Wisconsin has a bad offensive line first and foremost because that hasn't been the truth in over th- almost thirty years now. Um, ever since Barry took over, um, it, I, I think I think part of the reason why he's he put himself out there with the Graham Mertz, you know, it, this is one of the side effects of what's going to happen with college football with players being able to you know put themselves out there for money is that this season he had his own logo and everything else like that and uh, Graham Mertz merch, you know, and, you know, and these kids are selling themselves before they've actually even done anything. And I get it. Like you got to make your money when you can, but I mean, that's what's making him an easy target is that when you put yourself out there like that and sell yourself as something great and then you're not great, you're going to get flack. And then everyone's like, just like you, just like, well, he's a 21 year old college kid. Give him a break. And it's like, well, no, he's also a businessman selling himself as being something great. Well, and, part of that though, not, is he was a four-star recruit coming out of college and everybody expected a lot of him. So he gets that right. because we, we helped build him up. I mean, and he has done stuff in the past. He's looked okay before and he's, mm-hmm. he's done fine. Just he is, he has regressed since he's gotten on campus. And mm-hmm. I really like that. That just, that that's a coaching issue i don't see i mean you're the head coach who's a guy who works with quarterbacks he's made stave look like a player right like joel stave who's not playing anywhere right now right now he's an accountant i made that up but he might as well be and you don't know (laughs) that i'm wrong but he he, he might be playing against a big round mound of football down somewhere in one of those southern uh indoor leagues or something like that he's doing uh, but yeah he's who's that backup quarterback for the giants um ah I'm remembering the Pillsbury ah. Throw Boy. Uh, I'm pretty sure he passed away, actually. Oh no! So, um, oh. ah, I'll think of it later. I can remember seeing him, it. but yeah, he's you talk. You talk about your team, and I'll I'll look that up. Yeah, so. but I mean, just the big thing is the Badgers had a lead, and and one of the best defenses in football, and the offense and the special teams just gave it completely away. Just nothing about it looked right. The head coach has to take seriously has to take credit for what Graham Mertz has looked like in these games because he has not looked good. He is he is not striding into his throws. His his hitch is all wrong. Everything about his throwing motion is wrong. They really do wait for him to get to third and long before they throw. They set him up to only throw and I mean this went back to last year I said this too. They they run, then they run, then they'll throw when they need to. And that sets your quarterback quarterback up to have no rhythm no 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 way of having a a good connection with his receivers no way of having anything set up to look like he's just confident and ready to go he's breaking his confidence and he's been doing it for two years now the play calling is terrible they they're just not building this offensive line the way they used to because i've been told repeatedly by several people i work with with acme packing the guy who's the best offensive line coach is coaching linebackers right now and and we're like, why why are we doing this? None of this makes any sense. And I don't know what Chris is doing to a certain extent. I don't know. It's not like pulling Graham is the answer at this point because Chase Wolf is not really no, the answer either. Gotta, There's not another guy. You gotta die on that hill. No. Like at this at this at point, this point, Danny Vandenboom are bust. <laughs> yeah, no, this is because Chris only Chris's only option at this point. Like, I mean, uh, it, both times and both times, you know, we were sticking up for the defense here too. And you know, and when the defense does finally break, it's because the offense just puts them in terrible positions. One of the yeah. hardest things for a defense to do is an unscheduled having to go back out on the field after an interception. You know, because if you do the progressive one, two, three punt, at least it's like, well, all right, you know, get back. But all of a sudden it's like, oh, he just threw a pick. 40 seconds on the game clock. We got to get out there and call when I'm supposed to be taking a break. Like it's, it's a hard unscheduled, like I'm back on the field. And that's why so many teams do score points off turnovers because the defense isn't ready to go back out on the field. Yeah. So, it's a hard turnaround. Uh, You're not prepared for the moment. You're not like watching the punter and then getting ready and like, okay, quick, we're going to do this right. guys. Hey, right. Like, this. Oh no, we got to get back out on the field. Mm-hmm. And then they're at an obvious disadvantage to the offense because the offense has every advantage in football, college or pro at this point with the rules. And plus just the fact of the matter of they're reactive where offensive is proactive. And it's, 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 they've been, the defense has been great. And the yeah. fact that there was only they only had given up ten points going into the fourth quarter. I mean, they only gave up sixteen points against Penn State yeah. in a D one football game. Yeah. You should be able to give up those amount of points and have a lead. Yeah. But it's deflating to the defense. Like here we go again. And you know how many times 
is Leonard going to be able to go out on the go talk to his guys on the sidelines like, hey guys, we got to win this one. The offense isn't doing anything. Let's let's prove let's prove defense wins. And at some point they're going to go. How about they hold up their end of the deal the on donkey, this one? Yeah. How about just once they score twenty one points, three touchdowns? Yeah, and and that's why the Badgers aren't a top twenty five team anymore. No, and so, I wouldn't say they're going to be one again this year. And if they don't go to a bowl game, if they don't go to a bowl game, then yeah, maybe Chris is in trouble because I mean, Duke's Mayo Bowl last year was, you know, I mean, obviously that's a career saver going to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, (laughs) Um, which I don't even know. Duke's is not available. I love blue carpet dot com (laughs) bowl. Yeah. I mean, Duke's is not available in my grocery store. Um, Just isn't Um, because only Southerners care that much about a specific type of mayo. Uh. <laughs> I mean, last last year's a write off, but I mean, the way they came out so flat this year, and I mean, and then you send Cohen packing to the to the to the to the Irish yeah. for this phenom, which you should. This is the way it's supposed to be because this is what you're told. And you know, Heller even talked about it on the show uh, on uh, yesterday morning, this morning, Monday morning, yeah. was that Graham Mertz is a more dynamic quarterback than Jack Cohen was. And that's obvious on things he's done. However, comma, like you botch it this bad. I mean, I, this is the coach that had was number four preseason top 25. And that season blew up in our face. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chris era has basically been a lot of blowing up in the face. He does also have a Cotton Bowl victory and an, and an Orange Bowl victory. And a thirteen and zero season. Well, twelve and zero season, thirteen and one. Then after they lost the Big Ten title game, and then won the mm-hmm. Cotton Bowl. So yeah, right. against PJ Fleck. <laughs> right. I yeah. I, Who by the way yeah, just I mean, lost to Bowling Green in a game oh where they were God, favored was, by thirty one. Yeah, I'm not sticking up for that team anymore this year. After that one, they were thirty one point favorites in that game. And but lost. anyways, way to way to deflect UW alumni. Um, anyhow, I'm gonna. Uh, I, this uh, game was terrible. I, There's no way to get around it. This game was terrible. They looked terrible. I don't year, have any faith I, in them, but they'll beat Army next week. And they play Michigan next week, I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Michigan next week, then Army coming up. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, But I do believe that Leonard is the heir apparent. Let's just uh, make sure that he doesn't walk yeah. away for another job before hanging on to Chris for too long. So Yeah. yeah. So it's Michigan, then at Illinois, then Army. Uh, I don't think they'll beat Michigan. They get them at home at least. I don't know. We'll see what we think of Michigan. They beat them last year with basically this team. Um, How does that feel? You always nail me on the Brewers and Packers things, and then I get you on a UW thing. You got me. I, I kept thinking because I keep thinking that all those, <laughs> all the um, the non conference games come early, but they really no, I, screwed the season around, like messed up the season, like jumbled the whole thing up. Putting I think you know, Penn I, State I think first. a lot of top I think a lot of top twenty five teams are going to go back to the cupcakes for at least two game schedule. To start the season, it's a preseason basically. Yeah, because that's their preseason because they don't have a preseason otherwise. And there's been enough weird upsets. Like, even I mean, I understand Minnesota's three games in, but like Minnesota shouldn't be losing to Bowling Green. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, as no. much as we want them to lose to Bowling Green, they shouldn't be shouldn't losing have, to Bowling no. Green. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, so, gave, yeah. They, gave, they gave Ohio State a run for three and a half quarters. So, yeah. Right. Well, once they but, lost uh, Ibrahim, it, it's over. That's the end of the season for that team. He's right. the only talent on that offense. Yeah. Anyhow. So, yeah. Cool. Then Illinois, they should beat. Then, yeah. Is he still the coach down there, or did he get fired? No. Uh, Bielema is the head coach there now. Oh, that's right. Bielema is the And then Army, then that's Purdue. Right. They're not going to beat Iowa. They're not going to be within a. I don't think. I don't know how they beat. I, Iowa, Iowa might win the Big Ten this year. Yeah. No, they're really, really good. Because Ohio State is not for real. That's so for see sure. if you beat Illinois, Army, Rutgers, uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, they can get to six wins and that'll put them in a bowl game. So they got to beat those teams and they're not going to beat Iowa or Michigan and uh, that leaves Purdue and Northwestern is kind of those other games that you'll have to think about. Hey, be- yeah. before I leave, before I leave this page, I was going to look up if there's going to be another Duke's Mayo Bowl. But uh, the, the quarterback in question we were talking about was the hefty lefty who has gone to the afterlife, uh, Jared Lorenzen. Lorenzen. Died, I was like, it's an he L. Died in, he d- died in 2019. Yeah. After ballooning up to 500 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, he had a he had trouble with that. So, But anyhow, we have really gone downhill. We've gone from Packers victory to big time to, man, the Badgers are terrible to, like, hey, remember that guy that died? 
we're gonna try to get this better next week hopefully we can man you know if the badgers can give us something next week that'd be fantastic but uh either way thank you for joining us for talking at least this our first half we're going to talk about just football here so thank you for the football section and uh remember that you can uh find us remember to download listen rate and review us share us if you can anywhere you've got it you can follow me at not so humble host you can follow aaron at chatter talking you can follow this show itself at scotty johnny pod remember whether you're on the town or on the go it is always on wisconsin Duke's Mayo Bowl, December 30th, 2021. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.